return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Gabriel, raise your hand a second over there. Gabriel, okay, that's Pastor Gabby's son, Gabriel. And so uh, uh, it'll be a good night. Come on out, missions night. Thankful we've been at their church in Tama and, uh, a few times, and it's been a real blessing. And Tama's just outside of Accra. And Thursday, the ladies are meeting. So God is working in the ladies, some tremendous meetings there on Thursdays. So a uh, real blessing. Glad you're here. We've got kids rock today. Amen. Ages uh, three to first grade. So they can head back there. Amen. Alora's got the kids back there. and So that'll be good. With them. Amen. The rest, let's stand up just for a second. Did you bring your Bible? Turn to your neighbor and say, Read the Word of God. Read the Word of God. You got to be in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Say, This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, just, just you can be seated, but put another hand up a second. Father, we pray for the church around the world that's persecuted in so many ways. Billions of Christians uh, that are facing adversity and, Father, in so many countries. But we pray they'd be strong. And we pray even some that would watch us via Facebook Live or YouTube. We just speak blessings on them in the name of Jesus. Blessings on their church and on their families that every need would be provided in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for protecting them, Lord. And we thank you for the spread of the gospel, Lord. Nothing can stop what you're doing in the earth, Lord. We thank you for the move of your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. So I want to share some today about abounding in hope. Uh, the scripture in First Peter says that we were not redeemed with corruptible things like money and so forth from uh, our conduct in the past, traditions and so forth. But we were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Can you say Hallelujah. Redeemed by the precious, it's precious blood because it was pure, spotless, sinless blood that redeemed us from the curse, from the curse of Adam that came from the beginning. Hallelujah. But we've been redeemed. And so the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish, without spot, indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world was manifest in these last times for you. Now I want you to see again. It says, in these last times. As we said before, the last days began at the day of Pentecost. So it's not like people look around now, oh, it must be the last days. If you read your Bible, you realize that here in the New Testament, that was the beginning of the end, right? 
And so this is our time. If, it, if they were saying then last times, certainly is today. So he was manifest. Jesus was manifested for us that through him, uh, who through him believe in God, we believe in God, raised him from the dead, gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Now I want you to see this. Your faith is in God. Your hope, your faith and hope is in Jesus Christ. Now 1 Timothy 1.1 1, 1, Short verse, but says Paul as an apostle, by the commandment of God our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. Jesus must be our hope. Now, facing things like we face in these days and times, you find even a lot of Christians are kind of scattered, you know, they don't know what to do and all that's happening and so forth. But if Jesus becomes our hope, it becomes an anchor in our lives. The winds, the winds of adversity, the winds of, of, of uh, the confusion of the world, all these things will blow on us. But if we're anchored to Jesus, if he is our hope of salvation, we do not have to be moved from the truth, from the word of God, from the Bible. We don't have to be concerned about our future because our future, folks, we have to understand, isn't just in this life. Our future is in heaven. So that is our future. We're just passing through this life. I mean, we thank God for all that we have and, and all of us here right now in this place, those of you watching or in other places, but we're in the United States. It's, very, it's a very soft, cushy thing. And so you have to understand, this isn't your final home, though. People work and work and work to get all this sort of stuff, but it's the stuff will never satisfy your soul. Only Jesus Christ will satisfy your soul. He must be our hope. He must be the, ones in who, the one in whom we put our eyes on. We are fixing our eyes on Jesus. Amen? So scripture again, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So this is talking about, we had some messages on the church will face persecution. We've had messages on responses to, to persecution. And this again just blends with that. We do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So outwardly, we're all, you're all getting older. <laughs> all right, not getting younger, you're getting older. Although he'll renew your youth so you can have good health in your old age. Hallelujah. But, but we face things all the time pressing in on us. And it says the inward man is renewed by, day by day. We should probably put an if there. If, if you go to Jesus. Okay, so the apostles are talking here, but you're going to be renewed day by day if you keep going to the well of life. And his name is Jesus Christ. He is our hope. So if I don't, if I just listen to, say, CNN, an acronym there is constantly, constantly negative news. If I fill my life on that, then I'm going to be distressed. If I fill my life on the word of God, I'm going to have peace and hope. And so what happens day by day all the currents, all the winds of the world are blowing, and yet we can be renewed, amen, day by day. Now, I can't be renewed today and just say, okay, I'm charged for the rest of the week. doesn't work that way. So each day, each day is a new day. And each day I have to be renewed for that day. You know, God is always in the now. So it's not like it's like he's not the God right for next week and next month right now. No, I'm living today. Today's the day of salvation. Today I'm with Jesus. Today I'm being renewed in him. 
So they understood this that they, as they faced adversity. These things gave them hope. Hope is huge in our lives. Our light affliction, notice this, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now, they're calling it a light affliction. If, if we were facing what they were facing, you know, we would think, oh, man, this is, this is hell on earth. Some people around the world face tremendous adversity. They face death on almost a daily basis. And they continue to preach the gospel. They continue to proclaim the good news. They're not sure if their home is going to be raided. They wouldn't have meetings like this in public. And they're calling this a light affliction. For our light affliction is working. Now notice what it said, a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. So in other words, again, their focus is not just this life. Their focus is eternity. Their focus is the next life. We of all, of all people, Christians, if we have this hope of eternal life, it causes us to be very optimistic. Amen. Not down, but up. Amen. Why we do not look, we don't look, we're not going to focus on the things which we see in the natural. All right? We're going to focus on the things which are not seen. Now, if I stand here right now, and I look at you, it's like I don't, I don't see physically Jesus, but I know he's, the Holy Spirit's here. Amen? I don't see angels in the natural, but if I read the Word of God, I know angels are present all around us right now. So we have angels here with us in the room. We have the Holy Spirit with us in the room. God himself manifested here in our lives, in our hearts. So the focus is not to look at the physical, but to look at the supernatural. That takes effort. Because why? Because we're ingrained in us our five senses from the time we're a little child to see what we see is what we believe. Rather than what we see here, the Word of God, is what we believe. We're trained to focus on the things that, that we see out here in the natural side, but God says, no, I want you to focus on the promises. Why should we do that? Because that will give you hope. That causes you to be optimistic. All around us are negative things. Everyone in this room faces adversity of one way or another. Now, I'm not talking about persecution now, but just difficulties. Everybody does. It's a big, it's a big club, all right? <laughs> However, there'll be times we'll even face other things, greater adversities. And so we learn in this time, in these little... We, Ours are very light afflictions, but we learn to focus on things that are eternal. That prepares us for things ahead. Amen? If you don't look at things now that way, you won't build your spiritual muscles to face bigger things in the future. You cannot, you cannot go into a game and just show up someday and think, Hey, we're going to win. If you've never trained and your muscles are weak and your focus isn't right, you're not going to win. People can say, well, I'm a Christian. That's great. But many Christians, even, even seeing in these last years, Chris, their faith is shaken and all kinds of stuff is happening. That should make us want to run into the presence of the Lord. 
Because in his presence, there's peace. In his presence, there's strength. In his presence, there's hope. So we shouldn't run from him, but to him. Actually, the sad thing is churches, churches around our country or around the world should be packed. Should be packed, but they're not. Actually, actually, as a result of COVID and so forth, lots of people have just checked out. Like, I can't make it anymore. I, I'm too busy. I got this going on. So this, this tells us, see, as, the, as we look at the New Testament, it prepares us for our day and our time. Because what, is the, what, is the, what does God want for us? He wants us to abound in hope. Amen. And we as Christians become the light of this world as people that are very, very hopeful. So we don't look at the things which are seen. We look at the things. We look at the things invisible in the spirit realm. The things which are seen are temporary. Here's a word here: temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. My light just clicked out again. So we want to look at the things that are eternal. Amen. All right. So, so let's look at Romans chapter twelve a second. Romans chapter twelve says the rejoicing. Rejoicing in hope. The word hope there is is an expectation of good. An expectation of something good. Now hope, you should write this down. Hope will keep you alive. Just just even people in the world. If you you lose hope in the world, you're going to kill yourself. That's why people kill themselves. They lose hope. There's no more hope. And if there's no more hope, there's no more reason to live. Hope is powerful, folks. Hope is powerful. So for the, in the natural, it's powerful. But in the supernatural, it's even more powerful. So hope will keep us alive. Hope is an expectation of a desire or a desire that something is going to happen. And so something good's going to happen. You're hoping for this or that. Amen. Hope is believing that something is possible. A lot of times we'll pray for people who are sick and we're called maybe into certain situations and they, they don't know the word or anything. They don't have faith maybe for anything. But what are we trying to give them? We're trying to give them hope. Before you can have faith, you've got to have hope. Hope is the precursor to faith. So you're trying to encourage them that something miraculous, something wonderful is possible. How do we do that? Well, we read scriptures, we read promises, we read things, what Jesus did. And if he did them then and he's alive today, he's doing them now. So we're giving people hope. So believing that something is possible. Think about your own life right now. What are you believing for? You want to apply hope to it. I'm believing for, you know, believing for better days, but maybe articulate it for your children or your spouse or for uh, your family or for your job. Hope. So we rejoice in hope, steadfast, then notice what, steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. So if I have hope, then I can be steadfast in tribulation. If I have hope, hope gives me an anchor. Hope is something on the inside of me that then I can be strong in the midst of that adversity. No matter what's going to happen. Many people, many people that have been martyred have been martyred rejoicing because of the hope 
that is in their heart. It's tough for us to imagine that because we're here in this environment here. But God gives us, with every situation you're in, God will give you grace for that situation. Sometimes you look at somebody and say, I don't know how, the, how they can stand it. I don't know how they can do it. But God will give you grace. Even in sickness, when our daughter was uh, sick and so forth, there were some people stopped in the grocery store. They'd see us. They'd start crying, thinking, how can you, how can you take it? How can you handle this? And we weren't crying. It wasn't a pleasant situation, but God gave us grace in that situation to still have hope. To still keep believing. Amen? You have to have, turn to your neighbor, you have to have hope. And ultimately, you want your hope, as a Christian, your hope is in Jesus Christ. It's not in anything else. So we'd be in doctor's offices and, and uh, uh, we'd be, you know, kind of having fun and so forth and tapping each other, you know, on their little joints for reflexes and all those kinds of things. And, and then they'd come in and say, well... How are you doing? We say, oh, we're doing great. And then they say, well, the blood tests are bad. But our hope wasn't in them. So we, we thank God for medicine, but our hope is in Jesus Christ. So that if you get a bad report, it doesn't, cause, doesn't stagger you. Like, oh, what am I going to do? No, my hope isn't in that. My hope is in Jesus Christ. My future is in Jesus Christ. It's not in what we have in the natural. Some people have huge, huge things of wealth. And so I just said to someone the other day again, I said, who had things? And I said, hey, no U-Hauls following the hearse. That's a poor place to put your trust. Money, money will not save you. Gold and silver will not save you. The Bible talks about it. It'll rust, corrupt, whatever. Not going to save you. Faith in Jesus Christ is the thing. We have a hope of eternal life, a hope that's after this life. So here in the middle of of suffering, tribulation, they're rejoicing. They're rejoicing in hope. How will we stand? Because we are hopeful people, because we think differently than other people think. Look at first Peter saying first Peter chapter three, verse 15 says then that we sanctify, we, we, we have the Lord in our hearts, all right? Notice, ready, ready always, and here's a word, to give an answer. So the implication is someone has asked you, asked you a reason of hope that is in you. Someone's asking you, why are you hopeful? Hope again here is an expectation of good. We as Christians, Christians should be the most optimistic people on the planet because of our relationship with the God of hope. So when we were at our jobs and we realized it's good to be a witness, good to have a tract here, there to give to some people, but also how you live, how you work. Everybody, now realize everybody's hearing news. Everybody's got their phones, you know, they're more plugged in than ever. And most of that is negative stuff. So what causes us to have a smile on our face? And I'm serious, to have a smile on your face. Turn to your neighbor say, and use your, say, use your smile. You, you don't want to look like you've been baptized in pickle juice, all right? You want, to, you want to look like somebody who's alive. Why? Because Jesus makes us alive. 
All right. That's the whole thing about the New Testament. He's given us life. He's changed us from glory to glory. So part of that change is just the fact now, like, hello, I'm awake now to my life in Christ. If I'm awake to that, I have this hope that is different than anybody else in the world. So the world is attached to what they hear on news, on the news or what's going on in politics in Washington or Pierre or some other place like that. The world's attached to the Wall Street or the economy. But the reality is it wouldn't matter what happens in any of those places. If you have hope in Jesus Christ, you can be optimistic. Like, like in one case, Jesus said, what if you gained the whole world but lost your soul? You could have everything perfect in the world, but if you lost your soul, you've lost it all. So hope is the key. Now notice again, someone's going to ask you a reason of the hope. And, and he's already said that, that there's an answer for that. Ready to give an answer. So if you're ready to give an answer, it's not like, oh yeah, well I just, I'm just a positive person. That's the wrong answer. Oh, you know, well, we just, we eat right and so forth. Wrong answer. <laughs> so anything you say, anything you say is the wrong answer except for Jesus Christ. That is the answer. <clears throat> the reason I am who I am today is nothing in the natural I've done, but everything that he's done. So with Christ in me, all right? Yes, you do other things. You take care of yourself. I understand that. However, it's Christ in me that gives me hope. That causes me to look different, act different, speak different. Amen. You could say, you could say, well, boy, I don't know if people are going to come up to me and ask me, but let me just say this: the darker it gets, the more they will. Now, I'm not praying for darkness, but we do know the Book of Revelation. We do know that there are things that happen in very serious and grave ways. We do know that around the world, lots already is happening. In these countries and places. And so when you're walking around with the life of God in you, you look different. You look different. I walked into a restaurant years ago and the guy, the guy in the restaurant was a guy who taught at SDSU. He had coached at SDSU as well. But also he did drug seminars and so forth. And I walked into the restaurant, fast food restaurant. I'm going up to order a hamburger. And he's, you know, about 15, 20 feet away. And he says out loud, he says, what are you on? Because he actually thought I was on a drug because of the way I looked. How many of you whistle? <laughs> hey, you ought to whistle. Just have a pet. You get some pep in your step, you know. And I turned around and he said it out loud. And I turned and I said, Jesus. Because he asked, what was I on? Well, I was on Jesus. Amen. I'm on Jesus. The whole place is quiet. They heard, his, they heard his words, they heard my words, and everybody's looking at us. Amen. It's only Jesus that gives me hope. Amen. There's nothing else. It doesn't come down to what I have in my pocket for money. It doesn't come down to all the other things that are going on in my life that they're so perfect, because they're not. It comes down to a relationship and that my hope is based in Jesus Christ and nothing else. Ultimately, we have to wean ourselves from these things. You can, we're still in the world. I understand that. But there's, there's where your confidence is at. And then we can be ready to give an answer to somebody. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, be optimistic. 
Be optimistic. All right, Romans 4, verse 18. So we have the story of Abraham. Just want to take one verse here. Abraham, of course, received the promise to become the father of many nations. Now, this promise first came when he's 75. Then it's re- rehearsed again by the Lord and so forth. And finally begins to come to fruition when he's like 99, you know. And so, so a lot of years pass. But I want you to see that, you know, the King James says against hope, believed in hope. It looks like a contrary thing. But it's against human reasoning. So there's a, some people have human reasoning for hope. Well, I'm, I'm real hopeful. Well, because I have this and this and this in my life. So I've got a good job or something. I'm real hopeful. What if you didn't have the job? Or what if you didn't have your house? What if you didn't have your bank account? Is your joy based on things or is it based on a relationship? This is challenging for us because, of course, we all have things, right? But, but the point here is that we want to keep running to Jesus daily, renewed daily, so that he is our hope. And so Abraham, against the human reason, humanly, no, they weren't going to have a child, okay? It's not, it's not going to happen, all right? Re, human reason. But folks, we're trying to give people a spiritual reason to hope. Amen? We're trying to give people a spiritual revelation of why to hope. Okay, I know, I know this hasn't gone. Okay, I know this is bad. I know you got a bad doctor's report. However, Jesus is greater than that. Jesus is the great physician. He's the greatest physician. Jesus has already won the victory for us at Calvary. So we begin to see differently and cause people to do what? We're bumping their face this way to look up. So they're not looking at natural hope when maybe there isn't any. But folks, there's always hope. See, naturally, it might look no hope. But there is hope. Always hope. So against hope, believed in hope. Against the human reasoning for hope. That reasoning being gone, he hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations, as was promised. So there's the promise of God. And so Abraham, you know, everything in the natural looked impossible. But he hoped in a supernatural God. That changes everything. How do we act? How do we respond? Like when I was going through treatments, I had radiation oncology and so forth. So every week I had 35 treatments. So I drove down to Sioux Falls for seven weeks every day during the day. Drive down, get at a table, do the radiation, not be there long, get up, leave and so forth. But every week a doctor, the main doctor would meet with me and say, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And I said to him, I said, how do you think I'm supposed to be doing well, we just want to know. And I said, oh, I get it. I get it. You want to know if I'm going to give up? Well, they didn't want to be that direct. I said, I'm not. Oh, I said, you want to know if I'm depressed? I'm not. You want to know if I'm discouraged? I'm not. You know, even, even I just had an annual exam again. And so this is common. Maybe it's common for people our age. I don't know. So they... They give you all the questionnaires, you know, the, all the things. How do you feel? Do you feel safe? And then do you feel, you know, all these things about your mental life? I, feel, I forget what the response was. But I said, good, 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 you know. And folks, many people don't feel good. 
Because sometimes, as, even as people get older, they lose hope. Sometimes people get old enough and they feel like, you know, life is all past me. There's nothing left to hope for. But there's always something to hope for. If you're a Christian, we know where we're going. If you're a Christian, you know he still answers your prayers. You could be secluded in a room someplace, he'll answer your prayers. It's not based on things. It's based on a relationship. Can we get that? Amen? Amen. Hope. Just lift your eyes for a second. Just say, the God of hope. (laughs) He's the God of hope, which causes us to have hope in our lives. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, it says, you were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. So again, now there's natural hope, but now we're talking about supernatural hope. That's what defines as different. The world is hoping, I'm hoping for a pay raise. I'm hoping for a promotion. I'm hoping for this or this to happen in my life. And that's fine. But now there's supernatural hope, right? Hope that is seen is not hope. That's not supernatural hope. Why does one still hope for what he sees? Is you already have that, but we hope for what we do not see. And we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. So understanding that my life and your life were in this world to make an impact for the kingdom of God. That's actually our purpose. That's our calling. You may work at A, B, or C. You may live here or there and all those other things. But your actual purpose in life is to be a light for Jesus Christ. That's why you and I are here. That's why he wants you to live. (laughs) Amen. Like in John 17, Jesus said, I pray, for the, I pray for them, Lord, not that you take them out of the world. God isn't killing Christians. So Jesus actually prayed for that. I pray, don't take them out of the world. The world needs to see this light. He just said, I pray you keep them from the evil one. So that we can be here as lights for Jesus in this world. Let me say it again. The darker it gets, the more people are going to ask you, why, why can you smile? What do you have on the inside of you that I don't have? Or what are you taking? Some people think you might, might, they might be taking drugs, whatever. They're always, they're happy, they're whistling or whatever. Yeah, I think it's good, by the way, if you're a whistler, keep whistling. If you're a hummer or singer, keep humming and singing. Keep a, you know, keep a little rhythm in your life. Keep some pep in your step. Amen. Amen. Don't go silent on God. The Holy Spirit will always give us things in our heart. I'm always listening and thinking, oh, man, I'm I'm humming a song that maybe I hadn't thought of in 20 years. But here's a song and I think, oh, that's perfect for me right now. Or I'll sit down, I'll sit down, you know, each day and I'm at my desk and say, oh, that's, oh, that's a great verse. And God can use a Bible reading plan to do that. Hallelujah. He can speak to us or, you know how it is, you cross-reference something, rabbit trail, and it's like, oh, look at that, a little gold mine today. And it does what? It renews you day by day. We all are susceptible to lowering our eyesight to this life and being discouraged. Right? We've all been discouraged. All right? That's, that's, that just goes without saying. However, we can overcome the discouragement Because he's a God of hope. Amen. Amen. We've lost loved ones and loved ones are gone. They're gone. Okay, that that happened. But now what's what's our future? Our future is forward. It's a God of hope. Right? You're alive. 
Some people go on to their, their eternal reward. Hallelujah for that. That'll happen for all of us someday if Jesus doesn't come back. But right now, your life is important. Turn to your neighbor and say, your life is important. Your life is very important to the people around you. The hope that you bring to the table for them. Amen? So we're saved. We're saved. Uh, we, hope, we hope for what we do not see. So hope will keep you alive. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11. We know the scriptures in Hebrews 11. Of course, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, faith, faith is like this confirmation or this assurance or like the title deed, like you got it. You just know it, you got it. But in the meantime, hope, it's faith is the substance of things you hope. You're hoping for things. Amen. That's why you never want to lose hope. You've got to be hoping for things. You've got to be hoping for a better day. You've got to be hoping to overcome this or this. You've got to hope to, to get out of a crisis. Even when our daughter was sick, that went on for 12 years. So we, we came to a place, we didn't even know what it was like to live in a healthy household. We, we just didn't have that. It had gone on for so long and then... Finally, you know, but we kept believing and we kept hoping. Sometimes we felt in faith and sometimes we're just hoping, but thank God for hope to keep you going. So hope will keep you alive. Faith, the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we've hoped for being the proof of things we do not see. The conviction of the reality, faith perceived as a real fact, what is not revealed to the senses. So faith is this complete trust or confidence in the Lord. Of course, it could be in anything. You're, you're sitting on a chair right now by faith, right? You're, you're not sitting hoping it doesn't crash if you've got to move quick or brace yourself. You're sitting in faith. I mean, I got into a hammock one time, a long time ago, but I thought, oh my goodness, I did not have faith. And I'm thinking, oh man, those strings aren't going to hold and this and that. That was not, I didn't like it. It's not like sitting in a chair. Faith is complete confidence, trust. You just, you just know it. Amen? You know it. But it's the substance of things hoped for. Keep hope alive. Amen? Keep believing. Keep trusting. Keep your hope alive. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7 says this, that love bears all things, right? We know that. But then it says, love, it, it's, it hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. Now, King James says, hopes all things. So hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. And it endures everything without weakening. So it hopes, love causes us, faith, hope, and love. Love is, of course, the key because God is love. That's like the the oxygen, the heart of God, but he's also the God of hope. And so, so hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. Hope in all situations. Now, we're talking about this right now, but to apply it, apply it is something you have to do all the time. Like even today, as you hear this, all right, so the word of God is the word of God, so you begin to apply it, and then you reapply it. Maybe tomorrow. Or something else comes up this week and you reapply hope. See, you're renewed day by day. This isn't a weekly thing. This isn't a church membership thing. It's a relationship thing. That's all that Christianity is all about is a relationship. 
Christianity is not rules and regulations. It's a relationship with someone who loves you and cares for you. So we take this, we take this love that we can hope then in all situations. It causes me to hope no matter what I face. See, sometimes we think, well, everything's going great for me. But you need to get in the weight room. You need to build your muscles. Just because something's going good. Sometimes I, I encourage people different times for stuff. And then, they, oh, it's going great for now. And I say, it is not right now. Yeah, but you need to take care of yourself. You need to take care of yourself. Spiritually, be in the weight room. Because when things happen, folks, it's, you can't then all of a sudden turn a switch and like, okay, I just believe it all. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. I've been in too many situations at hospitals and so forth with Christians, and they're rattled and so forth. And this is what the doctor said. Oh, it's terrible. So, faith will cause you to be stable. Hope causes you to be stable. It's like, okay, that's what they said. All right, okay, I hear it. However, I've got another report with a higher authority that's going to trump these blood tests. It's going to trump what the doctor has said. I don't, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying that I'm going to believe this first over that. Amen. So it's why we tell people all the time, no matter. And, of course, this happened in the case with Pastor Frank, even, anyway, when he was out and so forth. And I got in, gowned up and so forth, respirator on, to lay cross over some cords and table or cords and tubes and so forth. Nurses are working around. Lay my hand on his head to pray. Because God hears our prayers. And they may say, this or this, I'm not going to live, not going to make it. That's what they call the family. It doesn't matter. I'm going to believe the word of God. I'm going to believe what the Bible says. I'm going to speak life to a situation that looks like death. Amen? Hope will cause you to thrive. Thrive even in adversity. There can be adversity like, all right, you're ready. It's like you just step up like, put me in, coach. You're ready to go. You're ready to respond. Hope gives you that. You're renewed. You're alive in Jesus Christ. Romans 15 just says, Romans 15, 4 just says, whatever things were written, the word of God, of course, were written for our learning. So we learn through the scriptures. I love the Holy Spirit, but folks, you've got to be in the word, right? Someone said, all spirit, you blow up. All word, you dry up. You put the two together and you grow up. Amen. So you put the two together. So you take the word of God with the Holy Spirit. It's written, it's there for our learning that through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. So when I read the Bible and I realize why wow, I put myself in their shoes and so forth, and there was, oh man, the adversity, the things they went through. And then I think, but Lord, you enabled them. You made them strong. And they overcame. They're overcomers. And I think, thank you, Lord. That encourages me through the patience and comfort of the scriptures that I can have hope. Now, the Bible is a book of hope. It will produce hope if you read it. Don't read it, not going to happen. You can sit on the shelf. You can say, I love, boy, I love the Word of God. I love it. I sit on the shelf. And a few more days, it's dustier and dustier and dustier. And if you've got to clean your house and dust your Bible, you know something's not right. 
right? The Bible should be the most read thing, used thing in your home. More than your frying pan or toaster or coffee pot or anything like that. The Bible. So you have to read it. You have to read it if you're going to have anything produced. It'll produce hope. But I have to read it. And then I'm learning and I get comfort and patience. And this hope grows in my heart. So turn to your neighbor and say, don't quit. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't give up. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't stop believing. So we want to focus on the promises. Let me say it again. You watching here, Facebook Live or YouTube, people here, everybody's got problems. Okay? Nobody's immune. Don't ever look at somebody and say, oh, they don't have any problem. Their life is perfect. They're not perfect. Okay? Settle that right now. Everybody's got issues. Okay, everybody, you don't want to wish, you folks, you're, it's your life. You don't wish, I wish I, had, I, wish I was, had their life. I wish I was in their shoes. No, you don't want that. You are God's creation. He is with you. He is anointing you. He is blessing you. Focus on the promises and not the problem. The promises give me hope that he'll take care of me. He'll take care of you. That I have a home after this life. I know. As we get older, folks, some of us that get older, you know, you're just closer to the front of the line, right? Right? You know, you know, life is a little shorter. Why? Because we're just closer to the front of the line. Another year. Happy birthday. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to celebrate it because I'm another little inch and closer to the front of the line. That's how it is in life, right? It's not a shocker, right? It's not a shocker. Like, oh my goodness, they died. There were 130. Oh, everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to die. So, so you appreciate the day and you keep focusing on the promises and have hope every day you're in. Every day you have, you get up. Oh, man, be thankful. Be optimistic. Yeah. I got up. Hallelujah. Somebody should say, I kind of ache. That's why every day I get in the floor, it's one of the first things I do. I get over to the living room floor, get down on the floor, and I do stretching exercises and so forth. Then I get up, a little creak or crack here or there. Feel better. Young people don't have to do that. I never had to do that. But as you get older, you just do things to do what? Keep going, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, keep going. Don't, don't, don't meddle in all the things in life that you can't change. There's so many things you can change. He's a God of hope. Focus on the promises. Oh, God of hope. Romans 15. Let's close with this. Romans 15 and 13. So we serve this God of hope. You should underline this in your Bible, Romans 15, 13. Now, this God of hope will fill you. Because sometimes you yeah, 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 I've heard that before. Well, no, it's true if you believe it. And there's the key. There's, there's conditions here. He'll fill you with joy, fill you with joy, all joy and peace in believing. If you don't believe it, not going to happen. You can say, oh, I'm a Christian. I don't think that's true. No, not going to happen for you if you don't believe it. If you're not in the Word of God, not going to happen. The Word of God renews us. The Spirit of God renews us day by day. So day by day, I'm feasting, feasting in the Spirit. Day by day. Day by day, Jeannie and I are having revival. <laughs> Life is good. Life is good. Not based on anything in the natural. It's based on the supernatural. Life is good. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so we're having revival. 
He'll fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you can abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. People say, I can't do that. Well, the Holy Spirit will help you. All we have to do is yield ourselves. Let me, that's something real practical. Well, how do I yield myself? Well, you get up and you go with your Bible and you sit down and you open it. You yield. Not complicated. You just sit down and you start reading. I don't know where to read. Well, we got Bible reading schedules or pick the New Testament. Not the time to focus on Revelation, right? I want to understand Revelation. Forget it. Go to the Gospels. Go to the Gospels. Read about Jesus, all right? I, I, I want to, what that Leviticus all about? Thank God you're not in Leviticus. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Go, go on from there. But you yield yourself just getting in the Bible. And then you take some quiet time. You close your eyes, you know, so you're not looking at other stuff. Not looking at your phone. Hallelujah. Keep it on silent. And you just enjoy his presence and you start praising him. Not complicated. What I say, thank you is a good way to start. Always start with thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus, for life. Good, you, you, got, you got work. I'm busy. I'm busy. Get up earlier then. Well, it's hard to then go to bed earlier. Ah, not complicated, right? Let's go to bed earlier. And then you get up earlier, and then you have time with the Lord. But you're in Thanksgiving, and Lord, Lord, just uh, the work day, or order this, or order that. It's amazing how he will do that. We serve a God of hope. Be hopeful. Be full of hope. Have all joy. You have a reason to be excited. Amen? Those watching, you have a reason to be excited. God's on your side. He loves you. He cares for you. Just trust him. Amen? Trust him. So let's lift our hands a second. Father, thank you for hope, that you are hope, that you give us this supernatural hope. It is your nature to produce hope because you're that. And so, Lord, we thank you today that we can abound in this hope. And we thank you for joy and peace. We choose to believe your word. We thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. And I thank you for even this message touching people's hearts here in this place today. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing by your spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for doing it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And if you're watching, you can click share. You can share this with somebody else. Just send it and say, say, hey, you can abound in hope today in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, bless your neighbor. Reach out to somebody else here, right? Tonight's going to be a great service. Good to come to the tabernacle. Good to bring people to the tabernacle. Amen. To be encouraged in the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605 605- 692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.